0: In 1995, the Britpop band Elastica dropped their song Connection, and their record quickly became the best-selling debut album in the UK, which is a title it held for 10 years. However, plagiarism controversies and a lackluster second album ended the band's career quickly. This week, I'm joined by Julianne Theory and Pat guitarist Josh Fiedler to discuss if we think Elastica brings the thunder or if it leaves us hoping for a disconnection. just a wonder, or is it one hit thunder? hey josh hey chris hey man so you you picked Elast- elastica connection as your choice i did um, right off the bat why did you pick this song
1: so I, I obviously i don't i wouldn't say it's like a gigantic hit by any means but it was a hit for alternative 90s and they were definitely like a one hit in the united states and they just happen to be one of my favorite bands from the '90s. So that's a
0: bold claim. <laughs> I'm going to start with that. <laughs> How bold of a claim saying Elastica is one of your favorite bands of the '90s?
1: One of, yeah. not the, but one of.
0: One of what? 500? <laughs> yeah, maybe like 20. <laughs> they made top 20. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, you and I, you and I have a lot of similar musical tastes, but I feel like we also have some like really. Very different tastes, as well, <laughs> because you know I never dove into a, obviously, I know this song. this song was like kind of one of those unavoidable, even if you weren't trying to listen to it, you heard it somewhere you know it may be it may have been the theme for something, uh regardless, I don't think that I ever necessarily liked it. it's not I don't think I necessarily hated it. the time that this was out, I think I was just really into punk rock, and that's it, and this band does kind of walk that line a little I bit, oh totally
1: do, yeah.
0: But I just wasn't hear. You don't really hear it too much in this song.
1: Not this song particularly, no.
0: But what you do hear is this really loud noise, which maybe you know what it is, that goes... Boo-wah! Yes. <laughs> is that just a vocal, I guess?
1: Yeah. I think it's the drummer making that sound, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, you know, because from... The way I would sum up listening to Elastica and preparing for this episode is they kind of sound like a poor man's breeders to me. <laughs> like, they, they do things like that, you know, like that this, like...
1: Except when you count that they were before the breeders. I think the breeders came out in 95?
0: Well, well, what, Last Splash, I know, was out in 94, because that was one, when Punchline was doing the songs from 94 EP, that was... Okay. You know, Cannonball was one of the ones.
1: Okay, this came out in 94, too they were a band for i think 2 or 3 years before connection
2: came out
0: um,
1: i guess
2: album so i'm going to jump in with a quick producer note on this breeders first album was 89 cuz it inspired kurt cobain to start pursuing music oh oh really yeah that's why they used the pr- they used the producer that they used for nevermind because it was the producer of the first breeders album
1: i didn't think the breeders came out until that Till Cannonball record came out, but
0: yeah, man, and you know what? From what from my research on Elastica, maybe Elastica, Elastica was trying to bite that style because apparently Elastica likes to plagiarize a lot of bands.
1: <laughs> so they obviously the connection was like a total like steal from that band Wire, uh, right. Three Girl Roomba, and that like everybody knows that, and they. They settled out of court, but really, in my opinion, anyway, Wire sucks. Yeah. Elastica made the song way better, and it's not something that you haven't heard of bands doing before where they steal from bands that came before them, a la Led Zeppelin, and making those things way better, so. Okay,
0: yeah. I will say that this Connection song of, you know, I listened to a whole bunch of Elastica before this, this is... The best song I thought that they had. You're you're probably going to disagree with that. And I will agree that I went back and listened to The Wire song or whatever. It's bad. It is. exactly is that.
1: I think they fall into that like early 80s kind of punk kind of thing, but it was more of that like new wave punk.
0: Yeah, I guess that and you know Elastica has that sound and one thing that I, I was just trying to think of like what situation would you be in that a band would be playing this song and like what mood does it put you in? I I I it it doesn't hit me hard enough as a song to put me in any sort of mood, but apparently it has to do that for you, for you to like it. I mean, any song has to have some sort of emotional response. And I know you're a guitarist, so maybe you're appreciating things like the tones and the chord changes and things like
1: that. Like, so like when I first heard them, obviously i never, I didn't listen to wire. This song came out when I was in, well, I guess it came out a year before, but I didn't hear it until I was in 11th grade. So I was a junior in high school. When I heard this, I had just started going from, you know, all the Nirvana and Sonic Youth and Smashing Pumpkins and My Bloody Valentine into more like pop punk stuff. So that's when I started getting into like Screeching Weasel and the Queers and Mr. T Experience and all that. And... To me, Elastica sort of bridged the gap between that early 90s alternative into like more punk because, you know, they, not Connection per se, but a lot of their other songs like Stutter, for instance, has a lot, or Strutter, They have it has more of a punk feel to it. And the way just the guitar sounded, those quirky little guitar leads that they play, you know, sometimes they're on guitar, sometimes they're on synths, And also, I always lean towards female vocalists, too. So that was a big plus. I loved Justine's voice and the attitude that she delivered the vocals in and everything. So I think that really got to me, that stuff, too. And I thought the songs were really fun. They had a cool energy to them. So I think that's kind of where, you know, my... Right. Fandom of Velasican came from.
0: I can definitely pick up on that punk influence. And I definitely do think it's cool that she has this like not like the not like the punk we're we're talking about, but like that old school punk style delivery of her yes. vocals. Like even even For in sure. Connection, you know, the verses of Connection are this kind of like Tim Armstrong delivers rancid vocals. And, yeah. and it's like this kind of like, I'm a punk <laughs> kind of yeah, kind of thing. Sure. She she has that. You know, she kind of has that, you know, an artist that I would think of now would be like Courtney Barnett, uh, has that sort of like delivery, although I like Courtney's delivery way better. I guess what's missing for me that I noticed in a lot of these is I need that like, that that payoff, uh, like major part that happens. And the closest thing to that in this song is just like when the music stops and they say the line about the connection being made. that's kind of the payoff of this song because otherwise that chorus do you realize how a how short this song is and b how short the chorus is
1: yeah it totally is
0: <laughs> it's the, the song's like less it's than like, two and a half
1: minutes and yeah it's like two lines the chorus It's kind of crazy yeah
0: it's two lines and, and at no point do they like I don't think they ever do those two lines like back to back like as a double chorus or anything I think it just happens twice and that's it So it's kind of a strange song in that regard, too. I I don't know. It's just, uh, I'm not getting that, like, major feel that I need. You know, you can hold back that major feel and, like, really make me want it. And then when you give it to me, it's like a release. You know what I mean? But I don't feel like Elastica ever does it. (laughs) And it's frustrating to me.
1: I see where you're coming from in that perspective. However, also, too, you got to think, too, like, what else sounded like this? Like, they were just totally i you know obviously they took influences from other things but nothing sounded like this when it came on the radio and you hear that like dun 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 dun," nothing sounded like that which was i think part of the charm too
0: right um yeah and they definitely have the quirk the quirk is no, no doubt starting starting with like that synth is that synth or is that some sort of crazy guitar effect it's synth it's synth okay yeah um because i know you i know you of all people probably have some some uh pedal or some effect <laughs> that sounds like that so uh but yeah this is the 90s so that's probably actually a synth and not a yeah crazy kemper plug-in or something um <laughs> and uh yeah so <laughs> you know uh I thought I was going to like this band a lot. (laughs) That's what's crazy is because I, I do share that, that love of like nineties, um, you know, and I I love female vocalists of course. And, um, and I just thought that like, Oh yeah, this is just a band that I, I kind of didn't pay attention to at the time, but I'm going to love it. No, I don't love it that much, (laughs) but, uh, I don't know, so you, this song hit you as a, you know, at this point, you're starting to get a little deeper into music and things, but like, does this song like, remind you of anything in particular from that time? I know a lot of times, like, if I like the song from that time, I I can like vividly remember some sort of uh, sparkling memory of this song. I don't know if this song uh, reminds you of anything cool, but
1: a little bit i think this song i think i was listening to this in my car when i first started driving so that's like one like one vivid memory i remember like specifically like driving around like with like my good friend popo who you know i'm sure chris but uh we would drive to the mall or whatever some other people's houses and we'd like blast the song and uh, I think that's probably part of like the little connection I have with it. Like, right. No it, but yeah. So like, it's a good in the whole album is a good driving, driving album.
0: Nice. Yeah. There, there. It's hard sometimes to, if you don't experience something in the moment and it's maybe, maybe not wouldn't be your cup of tea. It's hard to go back. It's like thinking about like the early influential punk rock bands. Okay. And, uh, if you weren't there at the time, sometimes it's hard. Like, dude, I hate to say this. It's hard for me to like, like black flag or like,
1: Oh, I'm the same way. Yeah.
0: You know, like even the misfits are a hard, like I can get the misfits. I get it. Like, and it is catchy and stuff, but that was a little bit challenging to like, luckily it's now been long enough since I first heard the misfits that it's like, okay, these songs are classics, whatever. But like, And and I kind of get I kind of get that feel from this band too. I don't know if there's bands, you know how like in our world of rock there are these there's so many bands that you're just supposed to like, and uh, it doesn't always agree with my ears.
1: (laughs) No, for sure, and I'm the same way. Especially with some of those bands you just mentioned, like Black Flag, Minor Threat, Misfits. I can honestly say I don't like anything that they've like that just doesn't connect with me. In the slightest. But if we were there at the time... Right. It would probably be totally different. And I love... Like, that being said, too, I think part of the reason... You know, another can like thing that I have with this band is... This is a band that I went to see at Metropole, which is an nice. old... Pittsburgh Club that I saw like some awesome shows at back at the time that was like a maybe 800 to a thousand capacity and I saw them live and it was amazing and then this was the first band that I ever met because Whoa. my friend Popo who I just said that we went to see them and his parents were supposed to pick us up. They didn't trust us to drive out there back then in late at night so we were waiting for his parents to pick us up and they were super late. And we were just like outside the club and we look over and we saw these people. So we're like, Oh, let's go see what they're doing. We go over and Alaska is just standing outside their bus, like talking to everybody and like signing autographs. And so that was like the first band that I ever like, you know, I went to see them. I love them. And I actually got to meet them too. And they were all super cool. Like Justine, like, I remember giving me a hug and stuff and it like, you know, I was like, super impressionable all the time and had a huge crush on her so I was like
0: wow
2: well hey friends my name is Zach Lupiton you may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road for the last five seasons I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck and more
0: No wonder you love this band. <laughs> it was awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That would have been maybe a more appropriate answer for that when I asked you if you have any good memories. Yeah, I think I this. was
1: getting to that. I think, okay. but before that, you know, the first good memory would be you know driving around. But yeah, meeting them, it was amazing.
0: <laughs> right. It's it's definitely their own thing. I I did notice when I was like doing a little bit of research on them that they thought to be part of this incoming second uh, British invasion or whatever, because their album came out the same time as the Benz. And (laughs) it
1: did, it came out like with a lot of other things, like with pulp suede Oasis, the Benz, there was all this, like this second wave of this British invasion that never totally happened over here. Right. You know, outside of Oasis. Um, But even Radiohead, when the Benz came out, That album wasn't very liked over here. I think, you know, it's my favorite Radiohead album. Me too. They were the only female group to come out of that whole thing. You know, it was very male dominated and everything. Right. It's actually kind of cool. It actually came out the same day as the Benz. And another one record that I know you and I love is uh, Matthew Sweet 100%. It came out the same day as that one did too. Whoa.
0: That That was a big day for music.
1: It was. And Goo Goo Dolls, uh, A Boy Named Goo came out then, too.
0: Damn. This band also has this sort of like, for lack of a better word, and maybe you can help me sort of articulate this. Maybe as a guitarist, you can articulate this, but like, has like an artsy, art rock feel to it. and, And that might just be all the quirkiness and like, the straightforward feel of the song. It sounds like a garage band, but the recording isn't a garage recording. It mm-hmm. sounds, it sounds like uh, some really hip producer was like, we're going to make this sound like a garage band, except it's going to sound huge. I, I right. Guess.
1: No, I think, I think you're dead on. They had definitely had that artsy kind of vibe to them. You know, they all were in tight black clothes and Right all black and white pictures and they had like the angular haircuts and stuff. And
0: do you remember who else was with Elastica when you saw them?
1: Uh, A band called loud Lucy.
0: Okay. I thought maybe I'm just missing the mark on like what world this band was in. Like you named, I, I don't, I don't really think they're, they sound like Oasis or Radiohead at all. I mean, they're from the same country, but like as far as sounds, other than the fact that they all use guitars i i think it's like vastly different i
1: think that's the cool thing about them they didn't really that's what i was saying earlier too they didn't really sound like anybody else that was out nobody sounded like elastica like you can go through like all the bands that were putting out records around them even some of the female artists like you know like pj harvey and belly and juliana hatfield The Muffs, like Babes in Toyland, nobody sounded like them. I think the closest maybe you could kind of get would be Sleater Kinney, but they were way more pop than Sleater Kinney was. Dude,
0: Sleater Kinney is a hard listen for me. (laughs) I, I, I know their their latest album was like very much more like straightforward, and and St. Vincent produced it. I think, and that's actually why Janet quit the band. Is that who quit?
1: Yeah, it was Janet their drummer. I've heard different things on that because really? she obviously recorded the record and everything and supposedly really liked it. I just think she wanted to move on from that whole world, I think. Yeah. I don't even know if she's doing music now. I'm not sure. I heard I've heard different things. I heard she quit because of that and I heard that wasn't true either. But
0: Yeah. But you're a fan of that band.
1: No, I I like I like two records out of their whole thing.
0: It's, you know, it's the same thing. Like, well, first of all, I'll start this by saying Carrie's awesome. She, I mean, I I love Portlandia. I think she's hilarious, whatever. But like, I just don't necessarily like her band that much. Uh, But it's kind of along the same lines of, I mean, Alaska's actually a little more like poppy, I guess is the word you would say, than Slater Kinney. It's just like. It's too dissonant. The hooks, they just don't appeal to my ears, you know, at all. There's a lot of bands like that. Like, I respect the hell out of them. And I think it's cool they're doing what they do, but using those same sort of chord progressions and and writing those, like, similar melodies to things you've heard before, in getting away from that, it becomes, like, more challenging as a listener. And as much as I play music and everything, I think you have a better ability than me to do this, to appreciate the music for what it is and the creativity for what it is and be able to like ingest that and enjoy it. But even if I know someone's playing something that's like, Oh, that's original. And that's, that's cool. And I haven't really heard that before. If it's not appealing to my ears, I I have a hard time getting past it.
1: (laughs) You know, I mean, I would think that they are definitely not for everyone, you know, for obviously reasons. I mean, look at the, you know, we vary on our opinion on this one, but, you know, I could definitely hear, like, why certain people wouldn't like it.
0: One thing I would say about Elastica, we differ on whether we like their music or not. They had, they did have a hit, and yet they only released two albums. It's kind of weak. For sure. And their
1: second album is, like hated by fans of theirs it was um i liked it <laughs> when it came out but it didn't come out till like five years after their first one came out
0: yeah and on it's top crazy. of that like they had that hardcore of fans that were that tuned into their sound after one album that those fans turned on them five years later yeah the album that, wow i Damn. think
1: the thing like they lost their guitar player donna so they're lead guitarist left the band sometime you know a few years after the first record came out and then hired like a keyboardist kind of to take her play so they went a little more uh synth heavy on the second one but they still had all the same uh, you know the same instrumentation and the quirky guitars and all that stuff that you know from the first record that went into the second as well but it was kind of crazy like Five years after the first record come out, you can't, comes out the second record comes and it's just like a massive flop. <laughs> you know, they they I mean, had they had a a song on a Volkswagen commercial, yeah, um, that dot 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 song which Wait, was the cover? Um, oh, I was gonna
0: say, yeah, that's not the original's not. No, that was, the
1: cover that was like, and they had one other song that maybe probably got some airplay over in the UK, but that was it. And then they they quickly broke up and Justine, the singer for Alaska, she just completely left music. She, I think she is like an artist and an architect and she lives in like San Francisco or something. So she doesn't even, she left the whole music world.
0: I don't know because if you have one hit in which I assume equals a lot of fans and money and things like that, I can't imagine not just like Cranking out albums, <laughs> I, but I guess teach their own. I guess, yeah. I didn't know that was them that did the da, da 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 thing. I always just assumed it was the original, like, I don't know if it was like a German band or something. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was, I, I know that that's another one hit. That song itself is a one hit wonder. That dude, da da da,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> I forget what the band is. Hopefully. I really hope I get to do an episode about that band at some point.
2: (laughs) The the band's name was trio from Germany and the song was released in 1981 and became a hit in 1982.
0: All right. There's the answer trio. Anyway, Elastica, you're, you're going to say this song is one hit thunder guaranteed, right? I am. Yep. I have a hard time with this. Sometimes when I here, when I think now think about me, going back and listening to this stuff for the first time and not have listened to it at the time it's hard to go back it's not my cup of tea and I don't necessarily know that I would have liked it at the time either um, and also just the fact that what we were just talking about is like okay this band got to have a hit you know there's a lot of things that go into that so when I say got to have you know I don't know that this song necessarily was just such a out of this world amazing song. This wasn't like Bohemian Rhapsody or something like this was (laughs) like, nobody could have heard this song easily and it, it got its chance. And the fact that this band didn't capitalize on that and not, I don't mean capitalize necessarily just money, but like putting out music and progressing as expanding your catalog and having this, like whatever, it was kind of like a band that made one album, made another one five years later and broke up. Like, that to me, as a dude that's make, been making music just at, just as you have for a very long time, that's that's a pretty weak move, I think. And so, I'm I, I'm usually I usually get talked out of it by the guest. I'll be like, oh, "Okay, you have good points or whatever." I think this is a little bit of a blunder. I think it, I, I'm gonna have to go one hit blunder on this.
1: It depends one. on how you think of it. If you think of it that way, sure. But you could also think of it like this band came out of the UK, no other female bands at the time, like just came out blasting with this record and then just like, see ya, pieced out. Like it was kind of awesome in a way. And also
0: I will say kind of punk rock to do it that way too. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of a good point. It's definitely cool. You know, the nineties, you did start to see more women in rock whether it was the breeders or liz fair or you know the, the tons of examples i don't like to to drag that at all just because i don't necessarily care for the songs because most of those bands i love the songs and you know a lot of times what you know like it more than their uh male contemporaries you know but this one just does the, the these it's based purely on the music itself i mean yeah that I'm on the opposite side of the fence on like the coolness of just like making an album and, and disappearing, because I don't know, I got way more respect for the bands that like try for really hard for a long time, have a big catalog, get their break, then use that to their advantage. I, I mean, be that whoever, be that Jimmy world or be that, you know, it does whatever. I just got mad love for those bands as opposed to bands that just like come out of nowhere and disappear into oblivion just as quick. And I think that probably happens a good bit with One Hit Wonders.
1: (laughs) Right. I think so, too. Yeah.
0: Other than that, it's cool playing in a band with you, man.
1: For sure. I know Um, all this uh, stupid uh, virus shit needs to end so we can uh, get back to playing. I haven't seen you in like, what, three months or something? (laughs) I
0: know, man. You know, it's funny is that for, for the listeners, we played together in a band called Pack, who you should check out. And we have some new music coming out soon. But the uh, the thing that's funny is that every Wednesday, I never like programmed this into my phone. But every Wednesday, my phone says practice eight thirty and has directions to Justin's house. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just tells me that I'm like, oh, <laughs>
1: that's a major bummer. If you're seeing that in the past like few months, I, gonna... I
0: see it every week. Oh, and I'm just
1: kind of heartbreaking. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, but. We'll get back to it, man. That stuff aside, it's been cool talking with you about Elastica, man. You too. Uh,
1: Even though we disagree, it's that's okay.
0: Normally, you'd be probably be plugging like Juliana Theory tour. When was that supposed to be?
1: June, uh, oh shit, and um, August and September. Right. And now that's it's it's still gonna happen, just later right. later on. Are-
0: it seems like people are scheduling everything for one year later, exactly.
1: <laughs> I know. I uh, I think ours will be a little sooner than that, but
0: yeah. That's cool. That's it cool. is a bummer. Right. Thanks for coming on, and I hope that I'll see you real soon.
1: I know. Thanks for having me, Chris.
2: This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Chris Fafalios of the band's Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah. This week's guest, Josh, is a member of Pack with Chris, and their song, I'm On Fire, is playing underneath me right now. They have an EP dropping later this year, so keep an eye out for it. Also, visit punchline.com for updates as well as news, merch, and future tour dates. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com And make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. Network. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMs. It wasn't just a radio station; it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! It like. Yeah! The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles: The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now, wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all.
1: (laughs) And my name's Bob.
2: And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined
1: by Tom. want to love or hate
2: yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre right. that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so
1: triangulate your speakers think about jumping off the bed singing along
2: dancing like an idiot and listen to Axe grand podcast